This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Welcome to Mercy Talk. I am Melanie Wise, and I am so excited to dive into this new year with my friends, Brooke Heels and Rachel Thomas. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. (laughs) Happy New Year to you all. Um, We are, man, we we were talking about just going into this new year and just how um, it's literally impossible to escape the whole New Year's resolutions bandwagon just because that's what you do, right? Like it's January and you're a horrible person if you don't make New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the law. People ask, like, what's your word for the year? What's your And if you're like, I didn't do any of those things, yeah. it's like, well, who are you and why do you not want to have a good life? Do you love Jesus? Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. So as we were talking about jumping into this new year, you know, um, I, I know for me personally, resolutions are all fine and good, but for sure, like some people say, oh, you know, well, by, by June, it's hard. No, like by January the 10th, I'm done. Like I can't, you know, it's just so hard to have all these great lofty goals. But for me, I am like so all about practicality. Like I need some very practical steps, very practical things that I'm going to be implementing into my life if I want to see some of those those goals, you know, actually come to fruition. So, um, you know, today... And, and just as we're jumping into this year and jumping into this first month, you know, we we don't want to completely just avoid that whole idea of setting some goals and resolutions for the year. But we're going to do some really specific conversations around just like, where can I take some responsibility for my life? How can I make a difference? Um, and specifically over this month is how can I be a better leader? Yeah, no, that's so good. And we know... Some of you may be thinking, uh, not another leadership series. Please, Jesus, no. <laughs> I'm not a leader. I'm not someone's mm-hmm. boss. I don't lead a company. Um, and that's perfect. You don't have to be any of those things, actually, mm-hmm. to be a leader. Uh, in fact, the very definition of a leader just merely implies that you hold or have some kind of influence. Uh, so do you have influence at your church, in your home, work, small group? I mean, the list could go on. And, and the answer is Yes. That is very true. The answer is yeah, exactly. You do have influence no matter what circles you're in. Yeah, absolutely. So when people say, well, I'm not a leader, usually that just means that they are, but unaware. Mm -hmm. Scary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, so for the next three weeks, we're going to dive into um, some different qualities, about four to be exact, that make a difference in leadership. We're going to be talking about what makes someone a leader that people actually want to follow. What better way to start than with uh, one of the har- hardest qualities first, maybe that's just my opinion, um, but it's it's high on the list of things that people, it's not high, sorry, on the list of things that people enjoy doing. I'll say that much. Mm. Uh, so let's talk about the quality of ownership. Ooh. Yeah, that's not fun. No. People don't, <laughs> people don't like that. They want everyone else mm-hmm. to yeah. have ownership and be very self-aware, mm-hmm. but we tend to not want... <laughs> to do that ourselves yep. um, because it's really hard. It's uncomfortable. You have to examine yourself, let the Lord deal with you, um, be wrong, Ugh. you know? Mm-hmm. So I hear that's hard for people. I don't know. Just I don't know you what that's like. Wrong. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. yeah I've, there was a time that I thought 
that I was wrong, but I was right. But so I was wrong like yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess, okay. yeah um, you were wrong about the fact that you, thought you yeah, were wrong. That's it. Uh huh. <laughs> it's amazing, bro. Yeah, my husband's so blessed. Um, so anyway, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that's it. Um, but you know, as we've looked into this topic more, we're just reminded that ownership is more important um, than we really give it credit for. Mm-hmm. And frankly, it's the crux of every other leadership quality. Mm. Um, and if you don't have ownership, everything else doesn't have much to stand on. And, you know, you can even go back to uh, John Townsend's Entitlement Cure and where he talks about if you go from I deserve, right? Mm. If you say I deserve this or I deserve that, you're actually giving your power away versus mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I am responsible for, which is what we're going to be talking about today, right? I'm responsible for allows you to actually have some power versus being a victim over in the corner. Like I deserve. In other words, someone needs to give me. That's right. I deserve for you to be a good leader, have ownership versus me taking responsibility for what that is. Um, And so we're going to be actually referencing some guys who have lived life and death examples as to why ownership is so critical. Um, And we're discussing the book, Extreme Ownership, How U.S. Navy SEALs Lead to Win by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. I just felt like that needed a dramatic explanation. Can we just please not pretend like we didn't have to listen to a recording of their names to make sure we pronounced it correctly? (laughs) Jocko and Leif, who sound like great guys, by the way, just by name only. Yeah. So they're Navy SEALs, though. So this is this is no joke. <laughs> no very joke. serious. Um, and they're not, you know, just uh, say, what would you say, like your average no, business, business people, leaders? Mm, yeah, yeah, they're Navy SEALs. Um, yeah. And and they're li- they've lived in a battlefield and they understand how important ownership is to being a successful leader. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So, which is great because if anyone was kind of like flinching at the idea that we're talking about ownership, we're not just talking about ownership. We're talking about extreme <laughs> <Yeah>. ownership. <laughs> so Taking it far. Uh, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, let's just start there. So, according to Jocko and Leif, um, extreme ownership is owning everything that impacts your mission. Everything that impacts your mission. So that's a lot of things. Um, So this is basically what they say in the book. They say, on any team, in any organization, all responsibility for success and failure rests with the leader. (laughs) Wow. I'll just let that one sit for a minute. But they say the leader must own everything in his or her world. There is no one else to blame. The leader must acknowledge mistakes and admit failures, take ownership of them, and develop a plan to win. So, again, I think it's important that we, I don't know, just as we go through this podcast today, I think it's going to be easy for us to just say like, oh, so they're basically talking about in the business world or they're talking about in the working. And not like if you think about any place that you have influence, you are leading, even if it's not by title. And the fact that you you have responsibility over whether or not the mission of that home or that church or that group or that whatever succeeds or fails. And that's that's a big that's a big responsibility. So I think it's important that we're talking about this today. Ooh, that's heavy. I mean, you're, yeah. you're like, just let that set in. I mean, you think about that and you let it set in. That's, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. I had, so I had to read this book when I was on staff um, at a previous church and it was a, actually a really hard read mm-hmm. one of the, for a couple of reasons, but one was because it was written from a militant point of view. So you have a lot of, you know, not just battle stories, but you also have a lot of militant language, which yeah. some people love that, but it can, sometimes it can be 
hard to get through. There's a lot of data. There's a lot of info. Um, but second, the other reason, uh, personally, it, it just, it leaves no room for you to hide. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no scapegoat, uh, to cast your cares or your problems on, you know, the, <laughs> the idea that if there's a problem, if there's a failure, if someone up, if someone else messes up or doesn't understand what's going on, you need to accept that it's because mm-hmm. you dropped the ball somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, that's, that ouch, like mm-hmm. no thanks. <laughs> it sounds yeah. awful. It sounds awful because if I'm honest, there have been times where playing the victim has protected me from the heat. Yeah, you know, and it, it it's made it appear like I'm innocent when really I still played a part in the mess of what happened. Yeah. And that is a major hit to my ego. I don't want others to think I had anything to do with the mess. Sure. Ouch. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, an ego is something that these guys list as. Um, obviously gets in the way of leading well. Um, and again, I mean, talking about like the core piece of it, you cannot own anything if your ego is in the way <laughs> or not fully own it, right? Or yeah. extremely own it. Exactly. <laughs> extreme ownership, to yeah. be clear. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we should like go run later. I don't know, like yes. talking about this extreme stuff. <laughs> yeah, but what we see is that when something doesn't work, you know, we want a finger point. Mm-hmm. And like you said, right? So it's it's not me, it's you. <laughs> It's yeah. fine. <laughs> right. We're reverse breaking up. Yes. Um, We're but very- <laughs> yeah, you know, but you know, they couldn't get the job done. They didn't understand what was supposed to happen. They were too blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the reason is going to be why your team or whoever you're influencing um, didn't get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and extreme ownership basically says no matter the reason I need to assess, did I give the right guidance? Did I give the right parameters? Yep. Did I provide the resources? Did I give the training they needed in order to succeed? Mm-hmm. And, you know, another thing that's kind of cool is they talk about blaming up the chain of command. And we talk mm-hmm. at Mercy a lot about how do you manage up, mm-hmm. you know, and you're a leader here, you're uh, being a boss and a leader, not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, um, Did I manage up? Did I communicate well? Did I educate them on the situation? Did I let them know, you know, what was needed along the way? And so the book also mentions checking our egos so that we can actually quickly disarm whoever we're working with, right? Mm, So it just takes away that accusatory language. Okay, so if that was a struggle for you, then maybe I did not communicate clearly. You know, in Mm -hmm. counseling, we call that a one down. You know, how can I... So. Because if everybody's going to have a battle of wills, like this gets nowhere and nothing gets done. Mm -hmm. Um, And nobody likes feeling attacked anyway. Like that's the easiest place, you know, to put, make someone shut down. Um, And it's also in the Bible. I like to like to bring that in. So Proverbs 13, <laughs> 10. Yeah, it says wisdom opens your heart to receive wise counsel, but pride closes your ears to advice and gives birth to only quarrels. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, Louisiana. Uh, <laughs> I to say. Monroe. Yes. Let's just do this. Fights and strife. Fights. <laughs> there we go. There you go. And if we can set in that example, you know, but how we want our people to operate and show them how we can humbly accept responsibility, mm. you know, not only is that going to speak louder, for, you know, than words, but it's mm-hmm. going to coach everybody else on this is how we communicate. This is how we deal with struggles. Yeah. Yep. We're going to be humble. We're going to be kind and we're going to fix it. And yeah. it's, you know, we're not going to blame everybody in the That's process. Good. Yeah. Which is another really, really great point that they bring up in the book. They they say it's not what you preach. It's what you tolerate. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ouch. oh, wow. Okay. That matters. Yeah. Literally just reading that, I'm, I'm like just thinking of something not too long ago for me, you know, and something that came up that I was like, you know what? It's easier for me to just let this go. Yep. Like I'd rather just not address this. Yeah. Like it's fine. It's over. It's done. 
But then there was that thing in me, and I'm pretty sure it was Holy Spirit <laughs> saying like, no, 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 no. If you call yourself a leader, yeah. you will actually address this because you will not tolerate it, you mm-hmm. know? And it was, that's like so not the, uh, my Enneagram nine wing. Mm-hmm. That is not my thing. I don't want to have to address things head on. I don't have to like conf- confront things or whatever. Yeah. But I knew that tolerating and allowing something that, I mean, that was just as much as just saying like, hey, this is totally fine yeah, if you do yeah. this, you know? Um, and so- I, I think it's just important to remember that. Like you can say what you want all day long, but it's what you allow. That is what ultimately becomes the standard. Um, and whatever you practice is ultimately whatever you believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, this is nothing new because if you look at scripture and you look at Jesus, like, and how he condemned the religious leaders of that day, because they said all the right things and they mm-hmm. knew all the right things in their heads, you know, but their actions revealed something completely different. So a really simple example of that is found in Mark 7. And Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he points out that the Pharisees have made this huge deal about what the Ten Commandments say about obedience to parents, you know, and they're just all about pointing out the importance of this this law and this commandment. But in real life, these guys were completely ignoring their parents mm-hmm. when they were in need. And then even claiming like, oh yeah, mom and dad, like I would help you, but the money that I would help you with, I'm giving it all to God, mm-hmm. you know? And so completely dishonoring the heart of yeah. that commandment. And so Jesus is just like, yeah, no, 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 that's not, that's not going to work here. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not how this works. And so you can't say one thing out of your mouth, but then do something that's completely different or that's completely opposed to the heart of what you're saying. And that's exactly what the Pharisees did. Um, and you sure can't say something and, and not do it and then expect people to actually believe you and follow suit. So, mm. I mean, it really just kind of paints you out to either be a liar or just to be really weak and hypocritical. <laughs> yeah. Empower workshops are a great place to find out how to be safe for somebody else, how to help other people identify safe people. It's also a great place to learn what the keys to freedom are all about and how to create boundaries around yourself as a helper. So I would invite anybody who's out there helping people to come to an Empower workshop. You will be so equipped by the time you leave. You'll be ready to go out there and help some more people. So I went to Empower by myself. I was I was alone <laughs> um, and I walked in and I was a little intimidated, I'm not going to lie, but I was welcomed so warmly. I learned so much in Empower, um, just the, the wisdom that everybody shared. Brooke was there, Melanie was there, Jen was there, and everything that they brought to the table, they were all, it was like they're they answering questions they didn't even know that I came with. So it was um, thorough, it was precise, it was timely, but it was also done in a loving way. And I think another issue to not overlook with if we're talking about extreme ownership um, is to fall into the trap of being enabling. Um, and if you've listened to any of the podcasts I've been on, I've probably talked about <laughs> being enabling, but not necessarily in the workplace. And so I really like how they address this. You know, so kind of an example would be like if you're a leader and you continue, you basically have to continue to take ownership when your team fails, no matter mm. what. Um, and, you know, we kind of talked through, well, what if, you know, that person, like I gave them all the tools. So I assessed myself first and I gave them everything. And at the end of the day, it's just not working out, you know? Um, well, at some point though, you let it continue to happen yeah. through mm-hmm. yeah. right now. You may be intentional. Don't get me wrong. Like none of this is now go feel bad about yourself. 
mm-hmm. as a leader, like that's not what it is, but just being able to assess, okay, so I'm coaching, I'm teaching, I'm training, you know, in some point we got to move on. But the mm-hmm. tendency almost always is to let it continue to the point where everyone's just done with it, which kind of goes back to, yeah. you know, what you tolerate and, yep. um, which leads to, you know, enabling. And so anyway, if you've kind of, uh, you know, checked all these bases, then you have to ask, like, is this person, you know, keeping them on my team? Mm-hmm. What's wise? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at what point, you know, we, and then we talk about this often too, like at what point do we let it become toxic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. To, for us to not be uncomfortable. And, you know, as a parent, I think everyone's like, oh yeah, like I, I know exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. Yeah. But it's a lot different when it's your team. Sure. Yeah, you know, and you're, you know, especially when it's people you care about and you've coached and yeah. you're like, they're going to get it. <laughs> It's going to be great. We're all going to get there together. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, okay, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. You know, or they're just not interested. Kind of mm-hmm. um, when we do our Empower workshops, like they may not be interested in your help. And mm-hmm. that's good. They might want the job. But that doesn't mean they're interested in going along with you. Yeah. Um. So at that point, you got to make a decision. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's not easy. It's, it's kind of like another ego check, you know, again, coming back and saying, okay, well, I've done what my part. I've I've done the training and checked my you know ego. But did I make either a bad hire or is, do I just need to part ways here? And mm-hmm. in, in just looking at that, that's not easy. And so I know that with the leaders in my own life, um, the ones that have been humble enough to say, "Guys, this was actually my bad." It only caused me to respect them even more. Yep. When I see a leader, you know, admit a mistake or take the necessary actions to fix it, that makes me want to follow that person. To yeah. the end, yeah, you know, sure. another big thing with this extreme ownership uh, is communicating the why of your mission to your team. And this one was, oh my gosh, super convicting. It was like a light bulb moment for me in the book because basically they say the mission cannot succeed if the leader doesn't believe in it. People can smell a phony a mile away. Mm-hmm. And if the leader doesn't believe in the mission, the team will eventually catch on and act accordingly. And so just like in practical terms, there's so many times where I've been given information or an assignment. Maybe Mm -hmm. I didn't agree with it. And because I didn't agree with it or because my ego is still in play and I didn't want my team to think it was my idea, Mm -hmm. I kind of, you know, downplayed it or discredited it. And it, it totally rubbed off. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, because then my team doesn't take the mission seriously. It translates in communication, my effectiveness that you either don't like, agree, or really understand what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So in that case, they recommend you don't sit back and just accept it. Instead, you need to be asking questions until you understand why it's important, even if you don't agree with it, and then pass that information on with confidence. It's all, I mean, it's all practical, but it's, I mean, none of it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, you know, we want to be very clear that you are not responsible for other people's choices. You are responsible to yourself. You are responsible to look at yourself first and assess what, ask yourself what my part is, mm-hmm. right? As uncomfortable as that is, you are responsible for that, but you are not responsible for the choices that other people make. So if you, you know, like I said earlier, if you, if you do your part and it goes long and then something's not working out or other people are making choices that are not healthy for themselves, that is not on you, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It is just your responsibility to know, to assess yourself. And then how do I now need to respond? Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. I think it's just really important you know, to say that, um, and, you know, 
especially as a leader, if someone keeps messing up, you know, the enemy can be like, well, it's because you did this, you did Mm -hmm. that. Right. So, and that's what he twists. That's why we, that's why we avoid ownership because we're scared of what, of the, what the enemy is going to do with it Mm -hmm. and manipulate Mm -hmm. us. But when we're standing there and evaluating our hearts with the Lord, you don't have to worry about that. Forget what he says. It's not true. Right. Spend your, like, there's nothing to fear because the Lord's going to always bring you higher Mm, in that, you know, which man, that's a really, really good point. I'm thinking like we can have all this talk about ownership and it can very, very quickly get twisted into like ownership of other people. Right. Like, and, and, um, I am responsible for every mm-hmm. decision that everybody in my, whether it's my team at work or whether it's my family or whether it's just anybody else in my life. No, no, no. Go back to boundaries here. Yeah. yeah. You are responsible to other people, but responsible for no one. Yeah, like I have, yeah. I literally have to say that to myself, like on a daily basis, because it's yeah. very easy for that to, to bleed into just like, oh, well, if someone um, in my family or someone on the team that I'm part of at church or someone here at work that I lead makes a bad decision that I'm responsible for that. No. I'm responsible to mm-hmm. respond to that and respond right. to that in a way and realize what ownership I have. Yeah. But that is very different. And so I think it's super important that we draw delineation between the two, like read this book on ownership and yeah. read boundaries and oh, get yeah. them both very yeah. clear in your head. Yeah. Always read boundaries. Just always read boundaries. Always. Just keep reading it and reading so it over and over. <laughs> so good. Over and over. Um, so, okay. So before we end today, as you all know, if you've listened to Mercy Talk for long, you know how big we are on practicality and really talking about, well, what in the world do I do with this? Because this was a lot of nice, like these were good uh, concepts and great things to consider, but how does this really play out in my life? And so we're just going to give you guys some just very practical tips when thinking about this whole idea of ownership. And these are really just some just red flags to be watching out for. Um, I think the best way to even describe this list would be the nose of extreme ownership. That would be accurate, And yes. so if you ever see any of these things creeping up in your own life, um, that's a good sign for you to go, whoa, 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 what's going on here and what do I need to change? Um, and so the no's of extreme ownership are, one, <laughs> blaming. If you find yourself starting to point fingers at other people, watch out. Um, leaders and good leaders accept responsibility instead of pointing out the failures of others. Again, we do have to remember the boundaries piece of this. Mm-hmm. That I accept my responsibility yeah. in this situation as is appropriate, and I and I do what I need to do with that responsibility. Um, well, and holding somebody accountable and blaming are not the same thing either. Yes, that's a good point. Yes. Yeah, that's a good You know, yes. so blaming is like, well, she did. Well, that, if she yeah. hadn't or he is hadn't. Or, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But holding somebody accountable for what they did is that's good point. not the yeah, same thing. That's a very right. good point. Um, the next one is this idea of martyrdom. So oh. if you start to take on this complex that you're the only one that cares about anything around here and everyone else is just awful, <laughs> selfish jerk, huh. holy cow. Like, stop, pause. Because good leaders resist that urge to appear somehow like more noble or more sacrificial than other people, you know, when decisions have to be made. Um, And they just resist that urge to be seen as like above Mm -hmm. their team or above the people that they're in relationship with. Um, So another no of extreme ownership is just negativity. Um, So feeling like pointing out every single flaw and failure around you, I mean— if that is something that you see rising up in you, that's a good time to pause. Like what's going on here? Mm. Because good leaders look for the when in the why and figure out how to communicate that to their team. 
and there's a positivity about them. This is, y'all listen, as I'm le- reading this list, I'm like, I'm looking at myself. I'm oh, like, yeah, oh no. man, I no, like, I got oh, to stop. I got to pivot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, <laughs> no, yeah, oh, man. Good. I was going to go back to that martyrdom mm, one. I mean, let yeah, me tell you, yeah. I, like that has been the biggest like self-awareness thing for me this year with Holy Spirit and it's really embarrassing. It's yeah. really embarrassing no. to admit that like, no. you know, you're like, oh, actually, yes, I like people to think that like I have everybody else's best interest and everybody else just didn't care. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. but that's a real thing yeah. and it eats into your motives because then they become twisted. They're not really coming from a sincere place. Yeah. Um, and then you start to see everybody else as against you or against oh, yeah. the team. As that less you're the, than. As yeah. less than. Oh my gosh. Pride, yeah. y'all. Yeah. Pride. Um, yeah. Well, in in that one, I mean, we won't unpack it too much, but, you know, that one is one where your team will usually rally around you in that. Mm. And so it's very hard because they're like, she does protect us. Mm. And then that's really, really tough, you know. Yeah. Um, But look, the negativity one for me, because I can, I can, that's where I can go. Like, that's a problem. Like, let's even, even in like, no, we're going to fix it. But, you know, there can be, if I'm not healthy that day. You know, I in that or had enough coffee, um, <laughs> and that can happen. But you know, you'll start seeing in your team. You know, uh, this happened a couple of weeks ago. My somebody on my team said something really negative, and I was like, "Yep, I did that." Okay, mm-hmm. well, hey guys, so we had to sit down and be like, "We're not going to do this." You know, we mm-hmm. and 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 it was me for sure, and I took I took the hit, and it did not feel good on oh, the inside. Yeah, so but you owned it. I did. did. for you. I did. Because I'm a good person. Well, if we're going to start talking about personal struggles, the next one on the list would be probably my biggest. And that is avoidance. We each have one. All the peacemakers (laughs) avoid. We just avoid. Um, So it's this idea of just just hoping and praying that any issues that come up will just work themselves out Mm. while you hide away in your bedroom or your office or your car, car or whatever yeah. yeah the car is yeah i love a good escape <laughs> but but yeah no no, no that's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen um and so leaders especially leaders that people actually respect they mm. deal with stuff instead of just hoping that stuff just goes away or dies down i mean the exact story that i mentioned earlier where there was just something that popped up not too long ago where i was like i just don't want to deal with it mm. i don't want to i don't want to but i just can't help but go back to that idea of like it's not what you say it's what you tolerate that's so good that matters yeah and so good leaders that on our wall guys i know i know but good leaders don't wait for you know things to just kind of take care of themselves or work themselves out because that that doesn't happen yeah so they act on it they deal with the stuff and so man i don't know just looking at that list i know we've all been convicted so uh hopefully (laughs) one of those has maybe hit home a little bit with you and and you know again i just i keep wanting to go back to this idea that those things can play themselves out in the workplace those things can work themselves out within your own home within your group of friends um at, at your church your small group like whatever it is whatever um arena that you are part of that you have influence in which you do have influence in all the arenas that you're part of yeah Um, Watching out for those things in yourself. Um, Yeah. Man, so good. Uh, Yeah, I'm thinking of all the things now as we've gone through that list. Lord Jesus, be near. (laughs) So (laughs) with that being said, uh, one exercise that we want to come back to during this series or that we want to make a habit of doing is uh, just asking God to show us where we've been unaware. Mm -hmm. Where have we been unaware of our own lack of ownership? And 
maybe it's not working with the people we oversee, like Mel said. Maybe it's in our marriages, or maybe mm-hmm. it's with our kiddos, or maybe um, even in our friendships and relationships. Maybe it's in our finances, or um, there's those of us that have continued to blame others for the bad financial choices we've made. I mm-hmm. mean, again, yep. convicting. Um, <laughs> but whatever the case, like no matter whatever arena we're talking about here. Yeah. Let's just set aside time and ask Holy Spirit to reveal those things. And he will. He's so good too. He's so faithful to, um, you know, when we ask for wisdom, the Bible says that he's faithful. He will, he will give us, give us wisdom. And so let's humbly ask him to forgive us. And then also to help us recognize those tendencies and the courage to step up and do the hard thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, He knows all things, sees all things, and wants to grow us to be more and more like Jesus. So uh, we hope this was helpful and and practical, like Mel said. I mean, these concepts are great, but unless you have some way to apply them to your life, it does not really Mm -hmm. help you very Mm -hmm. much on a daily basis. So hope that it was practical in some way. And we are excited to walk through this leadership series with you guys, a leader people want to follow. So join us again. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.